Our scripture passage this morning is Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. Before we read, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, bless the reading and preaching of your word. We pray that you would work by your spirit to enlighten our minds, help us to see the good news, help us to see Jesus Christ, and by beholding him, being conformed to one form of glory to another, being inwardly renewed as outwardly we are wasting away. Pray, Lord, that you would work in this way. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hear now the reading, or the reading of God's holy, inspired, and infallible word. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Thus far the reading of God's word. May he bless it to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. When you're in a, a courtroom, if any of you have served as a, a jury member or have uh, gone to court for very various reasons, you will hear that uh, well-known phrase as the judge is entering into the courtroom. All rise for the Honorable Judge Judy. That's the only judge I know by name, so we're going to use it here. You see, you expect the judge to enter a courtroom. And you expect in that context that a judge is given the honor which belongs to that position. That's why they wear those Genevan robes. That's why they have that thing they smack. What is that? An an a gavel. Not an anvil, a gavel. Thank you. They're in their element. They're in their place of authority. But the Christmas announcement isn't like a judge entering their courtroom or even a king entering his throne room. The announcement comes to the lowest of the low, the ones working the night shift out in the fields, 
the undesirables. This is where an army appears to announce peace. Our theme this morning is heaven and earth rejoice at the arrival of the Savior, and so should we. We have three points this morning. The first is good news of great joy. The second is glory to God, let's go and see. And the third is salvation has come, so spread the word. Let's look at that first point, good news of great joy. As I said, you know, this isn't a, uh, a judge entering into the courtroom. This isn't the kind of arrival of a king that you would imagine, that you would think of. Um, verse 8 begins right after the birth of Jesus in the manger, Nazareth, or in, uh, in Bethlehem. And we are told there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now... If you're familiar with the Bible, the imagery of a shepherd and sheep has been romanticized. It's been glorified. There's many a picture of Christ carrying a lamb. There is many pictures of David who was a shepherd, right? There's many images about the people who are leaders in Israel being understood or being prophesied and being imaged as shepherds who are leading the sheep. But at the time... That Jesus comes into the world, at the time Jesus is born, shepherds have taken on a reputation of undesirables. Um, they're ceremonially unclean because they live out with the animals. They're dirty. And at the time that Jesus is born, we read in other literature, contemporary literature, that shepherds were not allowed to serve as witnesses in the court of law. They weren't allowed to give testimony. Their testimony was not trusted. They were seen as, as thieves and liars and as um, dirty undesirables. And so that brings context to what happens here. This isn't a glittery, romantic, Christmas lights, glowing, shepherds with their little, what are those, hooks? Yeah, I don't know what they're called. A crook. A shepherd's crook. You guys are helping me out so much this morning. Uh, a crook. A shepherd's crook. They're out there. It's just this beautiful moment. No, these are a bunch of shepherds who smell like dirty sheep, who've got dirt all over their face, and nobody likes them. That's why they're out living in the fields. And it's to these people... That the da, 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 announcement of the arrival of the king of the world comes. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were like, wow. No, they were terrified. They were afraid. It just goes to show you that whenever you have somebody tell you a story about an angel or they saw an angel and their next words aren't, and I was so afraid that I was shaking in my boots, you can just ignore them. Because most of the time when angels appear in the Bible, it is a terrifying moment. The glory of the Lord is shining around them and they are terrified. They don't know what's happening. They don't know what's going on. They're frightened. 
And that's why usually the next words out of angels' mouths are, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why are they not to fear? Because these dirty shepherds living out in the fields that nobody wants to be around, that nobody trusts and nobody likes, they are the ones who are blessed with the first announcement of the king of the world. The first announcement that the creator who holds the world together is now a baby lying in a manger. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The angel's message is today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This good news of great joy is about the arrival of a Savior. And it's good news of great joy because there is need of saving. And these stinky shepherds out in the fields who are probably taking care of the sheep that are used for slaughter in the temple, sacrifice, understand that there is this thing called sin. That we are sinners. That we are broken. And we have offended a holy God. These shepherds may on multiple occasions have brought their sheep to the temple and and handed them over to the priests to be dealt with and to be slaughtered. Put on the altar. And these shepherds know that in their Bible, they were told of a Savior who would come from the line of David. And they're being told, he has been born to you. He has arrived. He is here. But what they didn't know about this Savior who was from the line of David. Oh, wow. They're about to hear now. This Savior who's from the line of David is not simply some normal Israelite. He is Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Anointed One. He is the servant of the Lord that Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah 42. He is the one who was prophesied to come and to be the Savior, the anointed of the Lord, the one on whom the Spirit would dwell in power, the one who would come and who would bring back the favor of the Lord to the people of Israel who have lived under tyranny, under foreign rulers. This is that Messiah, that Christ. 
But who is this Savior from the line of David? Who is the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One? Well, he's not simply a Israelite from the line of David who has been chosen and appointed by God. He is the Lord. And up until this point, the only time that this word, the Lord, has been used has been in reference to God himself. And so the angel comes and he makes an announcement, good news, full of great joy. And the reason this is good news of great joy is because the Savior, who is the anointed one, the Messiah, has come and it is the Lord. The Lord has come. He has come to save. And maybe at this moment, these shepherds are simply thinking in national ethnic realities. Maybe they are thinking that the people is a reference to the people of Israel. Maybe they are thinking that that this Messiah would be a, a political savior, one who would come and be the next king who would be like Solomon and bring Israel back to the glory days. But what they don't realize is that God's plan, the Lord's plan, is much bigger and greater and more awesome and more glorious than that. Because it's not simply that the Israelites need saving from the tyranny of other religious or the other... It's not simply that that Israel needs saving from the tyranny of foreign leaders foreign people who have come in and stuck their thumb on them like the Roman Empire and who have taxed them to their bone and who have done all these things, but they need saving from the tyranny of the devil. They need a savior from sin. They need a savior from the kingdom of Satan. They need a savior who can save them forever, for real. And give them not simply a good life in this world full of prosperity and gold and peace on all borders, but eternal life. This good news of great joy is not because the angel is announcing a flipping of realities for the people of Israel and a future of prosperity nationally and worldly. This is good news of great joy for all the people because Christ has come into this world to live and to die and to be raised again so that we we could receive so much more than all this world has to offer. Eternity with him. When the angel says, this will be a sign to you. This is something that Luke does often in his birth narrative. Zechariah was given a sign. Mary was given a sign. And then also here, these shepherds are given a sign. 
you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It's not the uh, being wrapped in cloths that would be out of the ordinary, uh, that would function as a sign. That would have been common for babies to be wrapped in cloths after they were born. But the idea of the contrast, the sharp contrast between the angel's announcement of who it is who has arrived... In the town of David, a Savior, Christ, the Lord. And oh yeah, he's laying in a feeding trough for barn animals. This moment, although we have read it many times in our lifetime, heard of it many an Advent season, romanticized it and, 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 and made it something um, more glorious often in our reminiscing and our storytelling than it is this moment of angels announcing to dirty shepherds out in the fields, telling them that the Savior of the world, the King of the world, the rightful owner of the world, the Redeemer of the world, the one who holds the world together by the power of his word, he's laying in a manger. It's meant to point us. It's meant to point to us. Point out to us. That this Savior who has come is not going to be announced wearing a nice robe like we think of when judges enter into the courtroom. All rise for the honorable Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. His arrival is not announced in that way. It will be when the trumpet blasts and he comes again. But here in this moment, this first advent, Jesus comes in humility. In humiliation, he makes his bed a place where animals eat. His announcement of his arrival is given to shepherds, not to kings, not to royals, not to the high class, the first class, the rich and the wealthy. It's given to the poor and the dirty. Because Christ identifies Our Savior in this moment is saying, as I enter into the world, I have more in common with the dirty shepherds of the field than I do with King Herod or the priests and the scribes and the Pharisees in the temple. And that's good news of great joy. As long as you see yourself in the shepherds of the field, the dirty ragamuffins that nobody wants. What is the response, though, to this? 
reality that's been shown to us. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The sermon series is called Songs of the Savior. These are the the last of the Hebrew psalms and the first of the Christian hymns. This is one of those songs, the songs of the chorus of angels. The expression, the response given to this news that Jesus Christ has come into this world and in his humiliation is lying in a feeding trough and his announcement is given to poor, dirty shepherds is glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. You see, there are moments. There are moments in the scriptures where the veil is torn back. And we get to see what is going on in heaven. What occurs in heaven. The book of Revelation is an example of that. And in the book of Revelation, we're often told about how the angels are always praising the Lord. 24-7. They say, on and on, holy, holy, holy. But here, here we have that veil torn back for us. We get to see into heaven. And we get to realize that the coming of our Savior, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, is a pivotal moment, not only on earth, but also in heaven. And that glory to God must be given. Because here in this moment, God is showing his love, his favor, his grace, his mercy on this fallen, cursed creation that he made and that we wrecked. A great company of the heavenly host, the word host here is a military term. It means a brigade, a number of soldiers, a host. Heavenly hosts appear with the angel, praising God and saying, can you imagine being the shepherds in that moment, frightened by the glory of God and the light that shone around them as they were out in the middle of the field? And then as soon as the angel makes that announcement, bam, hundreds upon hundreds of angels in the sky, and they're singing, and they can hear them singing, and they know what they're singing. They're singing, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Heaven and earth rejoice at the arrival of the Savior. So should we. You see, when we see that veil torn back and we look and we see that in heaven the angels praise the arrival of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, is a praiseworthy moment for heaven, we must think of the words in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, the angels praise the arrival of Jesus Christ into the world. 
They praise his humiliation. Being a baby, wrapped and placed in a manger. They give this chorus. Not to the royals. They give this chorus not to the elites, not to the academics, those with uh, uh, degrees and and PhDs and and doctors and, and masters. They give this chorus not to the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders of their day. They give this chorus to the poor, dirty shepherds out in the field. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. This chorus, giving glory to God and saying, because of the arrival of Jesus Christ on earth, there is peace. But there is a caveat to this peace. It's peace to men on whom his favor rests. And this term, peace to men on whom his favor rests, is a phrase that relates to what has often been called the remnant in the Old Testament. And when you think of the remnant, I want you to think of Elijah after Mount Carmel who's going and he's, he's away uh, and he's hiding and he wants God to kill him. He wants to die because he, th- he believes that he's the only faithful one in all of Israel who has been faithful to God. All the other ones have gone after Baal. All the other ones have gone after other gods. And God in his encouragement to give Elijah strength, he says, I have kept 700 from bowing the knee to Baal. That's the remnant. And in the remnant, there is that that few, those faithful, who in the exile remain faithful to the Lord. They remain faithful even in exile, even in Babylon, even in these foreign countries and nations. They don't turn and go and, and turn to other gods. They remain faithful to the Lord. They pray towards the temple. They, they, they wait the day when God would bring them back to the promised land, and they come back. And here God is saying that this giving of my son, not only is it a gift to the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but this is a gift to men on whom his favor rests. That Christ has come into this world to save those who belong to him. He will accomplish it. And so they've heard this great chorus. They've heard the heavenly host singing this chorus. And, and how did the shepherds respond? They say, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. See, they understood that they are simply dirty shepherds out in the fields And if this had happened in any other place, they would not have been the ones privileged to hear about it and to know about it. But now that they have been told about it, they must go. They are are drawn 
to see what it is the angels have told them about. They are pulled to go and to place their eyes upon what the Lord has told them about. And they want to go and they want to see the glory of God in the babe wrapped in the manger. And so they begin to head towards Bethlehem. For they were told that in the town of David a Savior is born to them and they are looking for not just any baby in Bethlehem, but a baby who's been placed in a manger. It must be true of us as well that when we have been told of the glory of God coming in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, when we are reminded of the good news that's reason for great joy, that we must be called forward into action, that that good news provokes us to live out, to pick up our feet, to turn our head and heart faith into a hand faith. That what I think and what I believe in my heart actually changes the way I live. It changes what I'm doing next. Can you imagine if the shepherd saw the chorus of angels praising the glory of God and saying that in the coming of this Savior, who is the line of David, who is the Messiah, the Anointed One, who is the Lord, if they saw all that and they said, Wow. All right, back to watching our sheep. Can you imagine that? Okay, well, maybe we aren't witnesses of a chorus of angels, a host, an army of angels praising the glory of God. Maybe we we don't see things like that, so why are you saying that we should have the same response to to, uh, the glory of God that the, the shepherds had? Let's go and see. Let's move. Let's be into action. Well, because maybe we don't see a chorus of angels, but we see many little amazing miracles every day. If you had eyes to see the way God has blessed you. The way God works in your life. Even in the midst of these difficult and trying times. How God is transforming you. How God is showing you His love, His grace. We see the glory of God revealed. And those who call us and ask how we're doing, those who give us cards to tell us that we're thinking of them, those who who show up in those moments to remind us that God is a God who is near to us, not far from us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And it's those, those moments that are for us hosts of angels 
praising God. And when we experience those moments, our response should be, wow, I want to live as a Christian. I want to be that for somebody else. Glory to God. Let's go and see. Heaven and earth rejoice at the arrival of the Savior, and so should we. Our final point, salvation has come, so spread the word. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, just like the angel had said, and that is proof that this is the Savior of the line of David, who is the Messiah, the anointed one, who is the Lord. And when they heard, and when they had seen him, when they saw the Savior, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You see, when the salvation that was promised comes to us, We hear it and we believe it. We trust in Jesus. And we find him to be the perfect Savior. We're like these shepherds who went and walked and they saw Jesus, just as the angel had said. And they couldn't help but spread the word, the good news of who this Jesus is. They're pointing at that baby and they're saying, did you know that's the Lord? He's the Messiah, the anointed one. Let me tell you, let me tell you, this is what the angel said to me. He said, this angel's come to be our savior. His name, well, maybe they didn't know his name, but we know, is Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Good news is good news. And when we hear good news, we want to share good news. When we hear good news, we want to share good news. Have you ever had a, an interaction with a friend of yours? Maybe this is some, something you do, but um, you've got a little friendly rivalry going on. Maybe uh, you like Clemson football team and they like Notre Dame. I'm using this because this is an example from yesterday. And my brother happens to be a Notre Dame fan. I'm indifferent, but you'll see where the story's going. And you have a little friendly rivalry going on, and you guys are joking with each other, and you're saying, oh, you know, Clemson's going to destroy Notre Dame. And, and, and then he's saying, oh, no, Notre Dame's going to womp them again. They already beat him before the season, so, you know, this is, this is going to happen. And... Um, you know, usually if, if Notre Dame is getting beat pretty bad like what happened yesterday, you don't hear from them. They're not all too excited to, to tell you about what's going on with that game. But if they win, you won't be able to stop hearing from them. 
And that's what good news does. Good news asks, it begs, it pleads to be shared with others. When you hear that someone's pregnant, you want to share that. When, they, when you find out you're pregnant, you want to share that. When you find out your team is winning, you want to share that. When you find out that the Savior of the world the Messiah who is the Lord has come into the world and he has put on flesh and he's a baby lying in a manger. You want to share that. And when you find out that there is hope for people who are lost and broken and who are in sin and who are sinners and who need salvation and, and they need a way to get away from the eternal condemnation that they deserve and that is coming for them and that there can be eternal life in Jesus Christ who has died on the cross for our sins and who was raised three days later, that's the kind of news you want to share. Salvation has come, so spread the word. And that's exactly what the shepherds did. They came, they saw, and they shared. They spread the word of who that baby was. Do you know who this baby is? Maybe nobody believed him. But it didn't matter. Because they believed. They knew it to be true. Because God, God had told them about it. Heaven and earth rejoice at the arrival of the Savior, and so should we. When you think of the arrival of Jesus Christ, don't think of a king entering into his throne room, announced by a herald or Someone saying in a courtroom, all rise for the honorable. When you think of the arrival of Jesus Christ, King of the world, Savior of the world, rightful owner of the world, think of dirty shepherds living out in the fields. Think of a baby lying in a feeding trough where animals come to eat. And know that Christ came, emptied himself, died on the cross, hung with criminals next to him, was treated as we deserved, so we could be treated as we do not deserve. That's good news of great joy. And I pray today, this morning, you saw the glory of God. Salvation has come. Spread the word. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you have, in Christ Jesus, brought salvation. And that you identified with the lowly in Christ, the downtrodden. 
the outcasts. And we pray, Lord, that you, you would help us to see that when Christ came, heaven and earth rejoice at the arrival of the Savior, and so should we. And, Lord, we know that when Christ comes again, heaven and earth will rejoice, and you call us to as well. Or may we, Lord, see the goodness of the good news of great joy. That Christ, our Savior, is the Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen.